deal with airplane peanuts. From Andrew Dice Clay in the 90s. You know, I got the backlash. Yeah, you were the first to get the backlash. Yeah, but yeah, I was the first. Banned from MTV. To Louis C.K. almost a decade ago. So you take on the sense of freedom at the same time as you take on, you know, it's been painful. But I look after myself better than I used to. I think before all this stuff happened, I was quite reckless. We've seen comedians make big time comebacks from public cancellations plenty of times. But what do these comeback stories really look like? Some careers may never be the same, but others find power in the freedom of being in their second show business life. One with more independence and less pressure to live up to a standard set by people who were never fans to begin with. Canceled. What are you gonna do, cancel me? No matter what you personally think of these comics, the fact remains they continue to tour large venues, release new specials, and although maybe no longer supported in the mainstream, they are still living life every single day as successful comedians. And Chris D'Elia is one of these examples. I got canceled. It's now been three years since Chris was canceled, and last week he released a brand new hour-long special exclusively on his website called Grow or Die. Given that this is Chris D'Elia's first special since releasing No Pain on Netflix back in 2020, the new project has a lot of people talking. And with the lack of unbiased interviews featuring comedians in these shoes, it only seemed right to sit down with Chris and ask him a few questions about the return. So Chris, the title of your new special is Grow or Die, and while explaining what that phrase means in the special, you mentioned that the truth is they don't really want you to change. What exactly does that mean, and how did you come to this conclusion? Yeah, I think that we're in a, uh, uh, like right now, it seems that uh, no matter what I were to say at this moment, there are going to be people that just, to be frank, like don't want you to, they want you to shut up. They want you to not speak. And so you can either do that and fade into oblivion or you have to just kind of realize okay i'm gonna have to evolve i'm gonna have to keep doing my job and deal with that either that hate or whatever you want to call it so that's why i named it grow or die i felt felt apt because there's really no other option like no matter what i say there's going to be people that are like nah bro fuck you and uh so what's the alternative i just got to keep going The special included a few emotional moments from audience members shouting out words of encouragement and support during your show. Over the course of your tour leading up to the special, were there more positive moments like that? And on the flip side, how do you prevent someone who's not a fan from showing up and disrupting your show? Yeah, I get a lot of uh, like positive heckling. You know, people are very like at my shows, very like ride or die and like they do often scream out like whatever it is the positive uh heckle and it's that's tougher to deal with sometimes than the other ones because other ones you just can shut them down really quickly like if it's a negative heckle you can shut them down really quickly and and everyone's on your side but if it's positive you're like you're like oh you got to kind of be like oh yeah thank you but also the chill because other people are here that, that they paid for this but um yeah through the tour there's been a lot of that support which is very sweet there hasn't been any disruptive behavior. There's been there was one guy in Montreal. I posted it on TikTok where he he blew my joke like he blew it right before I said it. He said a different joke and it messed it completely up. And I uh, I almost threw him out. It, it gets weird, you know. But and then he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. I love you." And I was like, I felt bad. So I was like, "Oh, don't throw him out." Yeah. It, you always judge the balance of you know is this worth you know because they're going to disrupt the show but oftentimes someone will heckle and like only the people in the back will hear or like only the people if you're you're up front so only the people in the first few rows will hear so it's like you're like you're battling like i don't want to mess this show up for the other however 1500 people that are here yeah 
because 20 of them kind of hurt it so you could steamroll it but you're always kind of balancing but there haven't there has not been any like real disruptive shit that's happened at my shows but there's been a lot of support which is great you know they're all they're all people that showed up because they bought tickets so and i guess yeah heckling positive heckling whatever in a theater is a little different than than like yeah a i mean at a, look at a comedy club i think the shit happens more often but that's kind of the culture in a theater people are like sat nice right. they're in good seats you know they're not folded out they're like it's upholstery so they're not gonna fuck it up so you went pretty hard in your new special in terms of darker jokes or edgy language are these jokes something you've always wanted to do throughout your career but felt like the risk was too high or are they more of a byproduct of as you said in the special having nothing to lose yeah i think i i think i didn't consciously hold back before this mm -hmm. i think um but there is some sort of like freeness to look this is going to be something that i'm going to put out this is going to be something that you can get at christlia.com mm -hmm. and i don't i'm my boss i don't have to worry about sponsors i don't have to worry about that stuff in that respect so there is a sense of being able to say what I, whatever I want to. Now, like, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and try to offend people, but if something's funny and I think it's funny and it's going to offend people, uh, people are going to get offended anyway. It doesn't matter. I can talk about toothpaste and people will stand up and be like, that's not cool. My aunt used yeah. that toothpaste or whatever it is. But like, uh, yeah, so I, I, people get offended anyway. And then also, I don't have to worry about it now because I'm fucking free, dude. I feel mm -hmm. like it, I feel like, once you cross over to the uh, the big corporations aren't going to deal with you, there is a sense of freeness in it because you can say whatever you want. Um, yeah. And yeah, you got nothing to lose, which is which is a positive thing if you make it a positive thing. I understand what you're saying about like you're releasing this on your own website, so you don't have to deal with those sponsors, which is nice. But how does working out the, these kind of jokes like the game show joke go over in your home base of L.A. crowds? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a particularly that joke was a particularly so I I was doing that joke in L.A. It was working fine. And on the road, it was working. It was fun, working fine. Mm -hmm. And then I had Portland on the books and I was like, OK, if this is going to be a problem, <laughs> it's going to be a problem here. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. They got people who just like show their pussy to cops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in protest and the cops are just like, ah, it's, that's actually, <laughs> this doesn't bother us that much. But we so I was like, I'm going to do it in Portland and this will be the real test. And I realized something early on in my in my career. It was still true to to my point in this Portland show. If you have like a place that's known for something, a, a city that's known for a certain thing, like Portland is known to be woke, right? Right. Yep. They will make it a point to prove to you they're not that way. Oh, that makes sense. Which, it, it's a crazy, weird thing. It's like when you say, if you if I say you guys aren't, you're not going to get this joke. It makes you think like, no, I'm going to get it. And it makes you yeah. want to get it. It's like yeah. that kind of a thing. They're fighting against this narrative of we're woke. And then, and when I did that joke there, it probably, it definitely hit harder than it does. So mm -hmm. I was like, man, that's so interesting, you know, because they're already, they are, look, I say some choice words in that bit. And it's only because I think it worked in the bit and it's funny. Mm -hmm. In in other spots in the in in America, they're already saying that shit freely. So they this is not a surprise to them. Yeah. But in Portland, it's like, oh, this guy isn't worried about us getting mad at him. In a way, it becomes yeah. sort of a safe zone. That makes I sense. That's really cool. I never thought. I about suppose that. some people might still be offended. I mean, they are going to be, but uh, but yeah, I've noticed that in those particular areas, it's interesting. 
Well, we, we've seen comedians get canceled and make big comebacks before. One of the most famous examples being Louis C.K., who was early to releasing specials on his own website for a one-time fee and was hugely successful. Obviously, you don't need to reveal any specifics, but has the release or grow or die been a positive experience for you overall? And can we expect more Chris D'Elia specials to be released this way? So it's been, you know, no, it's very nerve-wracking to do it because you don't fucking know. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how people are going to go to your website. Like, websites were something that existed in 2003, and then everyone was like, oh, wait, hold on. There's We don't need those. We have Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it was nerve-wracking, and it, it's it's a huge relief now. Like, I did not know. I, I'm pleasantly surprised, and I can only imagine doing this from now on. But who knows if I'll, I, I think I would do my next one on on. on on my own I, it's just i would implore i know i'm at a certain level so obviously i can't say like i more artists should do this because it might not be beneficial to somebody who's hasn't quote unquote made it or whatever it is mm-hmm. but man some of these people that are releasing stuff on netflix and some of these people that are releasing stuff on like amazon and hulu they should be releasing it on their own i am telling you it's awesome and people will show up they do appreciate you they will pay for it yeah it's it's great and it's still happening. I released it, I don't know, six days ago, and it just keeps growing and growing and people will just keep buying it. It's mm-hmm. it's just the way to do it. I think it, eventually it will be the way to do it. But yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm very happy and very relieved. Your oldest son, Calvin, got a lot of shine during the special. Uh, and it's got to be cool for him to have his dad capture all these early stories and moments from his life in an hour long comedy special that he can watch back one day. Do you feel like your newest son, William, will ever get jealous when he sees this special for the first time? Yeah, I think I would. But I got to I, I mean, if I you know what I mean, if my dad was doing stand up and it was, it was not about me and only about Matt, my brother, I'd be like, Dad, what the fuck? But, you know. He's six. He can't talk yet. We'll see if he grows up and gets jealous. I'll I got some stuff about him already now that I'm doing so. Uh, but yeah, I don't know some about that first kid and the wow of it and the the funniness of it and the observations that come when you first have a child is uh, that's going to be tough to beat. But if he gets jealous, I will say this. I will if 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 William grows up to be like yo, you didn't do enough material about me. I will do. I will straight up roast him on 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 the next one. Yeah, <laughs> as awesome. long as I have his blessing. Are you gonna get a William tattoo also? I have a Calvin. I have one for that is for Calvin and uh, which is the Triceratops. And yes, I do want to get the uh, one for William, but I have to know what he likes yet. He's still only six months and so mm-hmm. far. The only thing I know he likes is milk. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining the show today. I appreciate your time. And you can go find his new special, Grow or Die, at crystalia.com. Yeah. Go enjoy. Appreciate you. Guest spots from last week. The Joe Rogan Experience talked with Whitney Cummings. Tim Dillon was on A Bone to Pick. Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast was Shane, Louis J. Gomez, and Marlon Vera. John Stamos was the guest on Whiskey Ginger. Flagrant talked with Jason Williams. Two Bears, One Cave was Bert and Steve-O. Kill Tony this week was with Ron White and Polly Shore. Taste Buds battled Italian vs. Jewish delis with Louis Katz and Ian Fidance. YMH talked with Esso of Zarface. Hans Kim was on First Date. We Might Be Drunk was with Jim Jeffries. Carrot Top was on The Blocks Podcast. Miss Pat was on our garbage and Krista Stefano was the guest on Burtcast. I've got a full body scan where you do the lungs yeah. and the all the organs and and like uh, they found a lump on my kidney and I was okay. like and I was freaked out and they're like oh, it's it's I think you've had it your whole life it's been there it, we've right. noticed it before but you're like start, it's a bottle cap yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but they, but <laughs> like, do you, how fast do you drink? <laughs> I don't know, man. This past weekend with the Yvonne was a solo episode. Same with the Tim Dillon show. Steve O was on the Adam Friedland show podcast. The workaholics were on Tiger Belly. Colin Quinn was on Hey Babe. Jordan Jensen and Sarah Kubrick were on Take Your Shoes Off. Being Ian with Jordan, welcome TJ Miller. TJ Miller and Ian Fidance were on You Know What Dude. Trevor Wallace went on Chrissy Chaos. Sydney Washington visited Stavi's World. The Honeydew talked with Brittany Schmidt. And there's a new episode of the regs. As far as brand new stand-up comedy specials are either out right now or coming out soon, Ralph Barbosa Cowabunga is out right now on Netflix, Dusty Slay released a hilarious full 52-minute set on YouTube, and also out on YouTube, Matteo Lane The Advice Special Part 2 has been uploaded to his channel, along with Mike Feeney's new 20-minute special, A Night at the Comedy Cellar, which is out right now along with the interview we did with Mike for this channel that came out over the weekend, so be sure to check that video out on the end screen right after this. And if few specials in the works right now. They'll be coming out soon. Jessica Kirsten has a brand new crowd work special set to hit YouTube any day now. In fact, it might be live by the time you see this video. Also, Stavros has a new special coming to Netflix December 5th titled Fat Rascal. More specials coming to Netflix soon. Matt Reif Natural Selection will be premiering November 15th and Trevor Wallace Pterodactyl will be coming to Amazon Prime on November 14th. Please be sure to subscribe right now to stay in the comedy loop. I hope you enjoyed today's video. Arguably our highest profile interview yet on the comedy news, which obviously would not be possible without all of you watching this video. So thank you so much for watching. And if you're interested in claiming your free Joke World stickers, check out the links in the description below. Thanks again. At Joke World. That's it, at Joke World. And the world is W-R-L-D. That's a great uh, YouTube channel, Joke World. Check it out.